to Aligned Mama Podcast. We're your hosts, Samantha Kapsick and Nikki Trout. And we're partnering up because we know motherhood is hard. Like really, really hard. (laughs) Really hard. (laughs) Get ready to equip yourself with practical tips and strategies to tackle daily trials, along with insights from expert guest speakers and relatable stories from other moms just like you. Join us weekly for advice, inspiring stories, and a supportive community of moms navigating the joys and challenges of motherhood together. Welcome back, mamas. Today we have a very fun podcast because one of our very best friends, Tabitha is here. Um, she did, if you recall, if you've listened to the podcast all the way through, she was a part of a couple of the mom, mama panels, right? Mm-hmm. Those are really fun. We need to do that again. That was fun. Anyways, um, she is one of those people that I call her a nerd for God. Um, I just love how she loves the Lord. I love how she not only is that, but she's so silly. <laughs> she's so free and um, just goofy. And I love that about her. In fact, funny story, when we first met each other actually the first time I met you you came and prayed over Sadie Mm -hmm. and that was really special and I uh you know of course at that point I just thought you were really sweet um you my stereotype of you was you were just like a really sweet pretty Christian and I was so thankful that you took the time out to pray (laughs) for Sadie but ladies and gentlemen or ladies and ladies that was furthest from the truth she's so silly in fact so silly that she almost got us kicked out of youth group when mm-hmm. we were supposed to be there supervising the kids. And but I'm on staff. <laughs> oh, God. oh, yeah. All this to say, it you can be a Christian and you can have a blast in life. And so when her and I get together, when her and Samantha get together, it's just fun. It's silly. And I feel like it's the way friendship should be, or at least if you're silly in nature. So we brought her back on because last year at a women's retreat, she shared her testimony Um, and it was just a beautiful thing, uh, to me. And I think it touched a lot of women in the room and, uh, I thought she did a great job on it. And so I wanted to, I asked Samantha, Hey, could we bring her on to share her testimony? And she said, of course. So without further ado, would you like to introduce yourself, Tabitha? Yeah. My name is Tabitha Burkhart and I am originally from Illinois and I'll tell you that part in uh, my story. But um, originally from Illinois, uh, born into like a really, really poor family, uh, met Jesus through a friend when I was younger and um, ended up getting married, traveling, moving over to Missouri. Um, married with uh, 14 years and I have three children, um, Miranda, Sayla, Alec. And Miranda is 16, Sayla is 13, and Alec is nine. So... That's where I am right well, now. Well, there's the podcast, ladies. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Come back next week. Speeding <laughs> right on through. <laughs> um, what is the profession of your husband? I just find it interesting in your dynamic. Uh, he's an attorney. And do sometimes you out-attorney him at home? Just oh, curious. Yeah. I'm way better at being an attorney than he is. Have you watched Suits? No. No, Don. I keep asking okay. I Yeah, I need you to just watch it and then tell us. <laughs> so I do believe, hate to burst you guys bubble, but that my <laughs> husband it, l- it. is like, it's too far from the truth yeah. kind of deal. But enjoy it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm going to be Good old it. Harvey Specter. <laughs> yeah. I think he said it's kind of like when a doctor watches like shows yeah, on TV like, that it's just like not accurate. So for yeah. him, it's kind of like a, yeah. So 
And I just, that's not my kind of show. Yeah, I know. It's so much drama. Like every time it's like, we're going to lose the firm. And I'm like, it's probably like super boring in real life. Just pushing paperwork. There's probably never any like conflict. Nothing exciting. Sometimes there are situations when they're like, holy crap, we're going to get sued. And you're like, are you really? And then they're all kind of like holding their breath, just like waiting. It's funny because people are scared of attorneys, but really attorneys know how the law works. So they're kind of, they're scared of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, shoot, what's this going to do to our firm? Like, so well, it is like any- suits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Got to watch it now. <laughs> but really, as attorneys usually say, anyone can sue anyone for anything. So that's, that's true. the thing, right? Yeah. yeah. You just probably aren't going to win for anything, but you can yeah. sue. You can waste your money on anything. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Bleep. <laughs> Do you, we're going to go off the cuff today, guys. Um, do you want to just start a little bit and maybe, uh, give us a little more perspective of your background growing up into mm-hmm. like your early teen life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll go even a little bit further if you don't mind, just to kind of paint a picture. Um, so I was born to two teenage parents who did not marry. Um, and my biological father ended up cheating on my mom with like his teacher, <laughs> Oh wow! So yeah, they ended up um, breaking up, and so my mom had two children, and uh, was single. Um, obviously, that doesn't—that's not a good way to start life, you know. Um, but she did the best she could, and she ended up getting married to my stepdad. Um, but we were—we just lived in like a town that was pretty rough, and we lived just uh south of east st louis our towns were adjacent so i don't know if anyone's familiar with that but it was not uh the greatest area so i grew up kind of in a rough area um poor for a while my dad actually started a business when i was a kid and it did like really really well but um his partner ended up embezzling money so he kind of just like walked away and just like left the business there was stuff he could have done but i think he was just so irate over it he was like i'm just never going back there again So it kind of put us back in that position of like being really, really poor again, which was interesting. Um, But I just went through a lot. Like my parents abused alcohol. Uh, There was a point when they were doing drugs. Uh, My dad beat my mom. So I had like all this trauma. Um, And then when I was um, 15, my sister got a car accident and she died a couple blocks from our house. And that was completely tragic. So I went from already not having the greatest foundation. Um, I was molested by another child that was molested when I was a kid. So I had all these things inside me. I felt like dirty. Um, I didn't have any self-confidence. I didn't know who I was. And obviously like when you're a teenager, that's what you're trying to figure out. So people don't really know who they are, but at least there's families who can give their kids a better foundation and more security than what I had. Um, especially with the abuse and stuff that was terrible. Like watching my mom always get beat up and whatnot. So I had all these things, all this baggage with me. Um, the picture of life that I was painting was like, you work during the week, you party on the weekends. This is the way life goes. So when I became a teenager, that's what I naturally did. Like I was like, Oh yeah, party hard on the weekends, whatever. And it was like, nobody cared. Nobody counseled me about it or said, Hey, should you not be doing this? I was like, I was in nightclubs at like 15 years old with men who were like 20, 21, obviously hanging out with me for certain reasons. Not that I was like a floozy, but still that that's why they were trying to hang out with me. And they would take me into bars and pull me in through the back door, like whatever. So I was like on the landing at like 15 years old, like dancing on countertops, like at clubs and stuff, like shaking my booty. Um, so I have a question. Did yeah. your sister's death, did that change the trajectory at all in your life? Um, yeah. So what ended up happening was when my sister died, my, uh, mom realized that she was really unhappy in the relationship she was in. I mean, she was being like abused and stuff. And so she left him. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it was devastating. Then she ended up 
and being engaged to this guy who uh, grabbed me by the throat because he was mad about something. And I looked at my mom and said, you know, can we um, leave? Let's go. Alicia didn't marry this guy. You knew that he was like abusive first. And she looked at me and said, can you please not press charges against him? And I was like completely devastated. So then it was just like me. So I lost my sister, the dad I knew they were separated. And then my mom uh, just left me for some random man. So I was like, at that point, 16. So 16 years old with like no one except so she, Michael. Like, literally left. Like she literally like, was like, please don't press charges. Like, And I was, so I was so devastated. Yeah, I called yeah, yeah. my uncle and I was okay. like, this just happened. This is what my mom said. Can I please come stay with you? I see. And so my uncle let me come stay with him. And them. your mom was going through a lot during that time, right? Yeah. I she imagine. was devastated. Yeah. My mom, she was totally off her rocker for like a really long time. Like it wasn't until after I was serving God that she like learned more of who God really was through my life and ended up. Uh, being restored which is amazing but yeah yeah, so this point it was like that so I was like devastated like I had a rough life growing up I was molested I um, ended up you know my sister died I lost my whole family and it was just like me at 16 years old left to fend for myself so um, when I was 12 years old so I'm kind of backtracking through the story here because there's like layers to it um, I ended up meeting a girl whose dad was a pastor in our town and um, he their church is actually the one that I was taken to all the time whenever I was a kid. So like friends would take me there, family members. We personally didn't attend church. My family wasn't into church, but um, people would take me there all the time. So uh, at the age of 12 middle school, we ended up meeting and becoming like best friends after the first time we hung out. It was like friends forever and uh, still are to this day. And yeah. (laughs) And uh, I met her dad personally and just like being at his house, he was the first Christian I had ever met that was the same at church that he was at home. He wasn't like any other Christian that I knew. And I don't mean this mean to the Christian world. I think it's just like a lack of understanding God's heart. But anyone that I would meet, it was like, yeah, they went to church, but like in their private life, they were just like everyone else. Like there was nothing different about them. Um, So this is the first person I had met that was like different. It really left a mark on me. And I would ask him stuff about God for like, it'd be like 30 minutes. I was standing there asking him questions and he would go from like standing to leaning against the wall to putting (laughs) his hand up. And he was just so sweet to like answer questions. So um, he was just such a great example to me. And he would um, always answer the phone and say, Jesus is Lord. Like that's what he, every single time. And he would make Annie do it, which is so funny. So she's like this high school girl, you know, and she was popular and people would call her house all the time. And he would, you could hear her voice. She would answer and she'd say, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> it was so good. Anyway. So, um, so made friends with her, met him. He had ended up being someone that ministered to me all these years. So it was a really cool story the way that kind of linked up. Um, so after, um, I went through my party years and, you know, explored the world and all these things. Um, one time my dad had uh, asked me to come see him and he had just given his heart to Christ, my real dad. And, um, I went to see him and he said, Hey, do you want to take a ride with me? And I was like, sure. So in our ride, He was like, um, hey, you know, I just want to talk to you about something. He was like, you know, he drew a circle in his hand and he said, God needs to be your center. And he said, you can have your friends, you can have this, you can have that, but he needs to be your center. 
And I knew it was time for me to serve God. Like all these years when I was out doing like crazy things, I had actually got saved when I was a kid at church, but like, um, I wasn't living for God. I would have convictions when I would go out. I was like, I'm going to party tonight. <laughs> and I would feel a heaviness on me. My stomach would get upset. And it's because I was grieving the Holy spirit. Cause I did have that in me. I just wasn't honoring it. And so, but I didn't recognize what that was. And so, um, when my dad had told me this, like I knew I was like, Oh, it's time. It's time to serve God. So I just like drove home with literally on my way home, stopped in South County. This is like a three and a half hour drive, stopped in South County in Missouri, uh, bought a Bible, had my name put on it and there was like no turning back. Wow. So yeah. Um, so I started going to church. I ended up calling, um, Annie's dad and I just said, I'm a Christian now. And he was like, Oh, that's great. You know? And he started mentoring me. So he mentored me for six years. Um, almost every single day I was like pretty messed up. I had no self-confidence, had no idea who I was. I had, I was a hot, hot mess. (laughs) So, uh, did you ever feel like he got bothered by you? No, you know, pastor Tim. Well, I, I do. Like I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he's awesome. He gives his life away. And you know, what's cool about him too. I didn't know this. I thought I was just the only special one. <laughs> Apparently he has lots of people like that you. he, yeah. but you're his favorite. I am actually, yeah. <laughs> I'm like John and Jesus. I was just you know? going to say, <laughs> I but am you know what one. I was thinking today? It's so weird. When I was like studying the word today, I was like, but if John was his favorite, why wasn't he part of the transfiguration? <laughs> Maybe it was Peter. <laughs> Maybe it's me. <laughs> yeah. I always told my kids will argue with me now because that's something I always walk around the house and say, I'll be like, because I'm the one that Jesus loves. And now my kids will be like, no, mom, it's because I'm the one that Jesus loves. It's a cute bantering. So anyway, that is kind of like the big overall story. But I would say that the biggest part of probably what I should share is a transformation in my life. Go ahead. Before we get in there, what has been or, or currently, what is your relationship with your uh, real dad? Oh, with my real dad. Um, I don't really have one. So I love my dad. Uh, he's my dad. And I think there's that special thing that you have with like your blood family members. Um, and I don't have any grievance in my heart toward him, but I think that he was just like a kid who had a kid And he ended up moving to Germany when I was younger. Um, He had other kids. He got married, had a stepdaughter. And I think he was just used to like that rhythm of life. And I just wasn't a part of it. Um, And it just kind of like stayed that way. And um, like I see him sometimes and it's neat. Our personalities are like super similar. I'm really a lot like my dad. He's pretty cool. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah, he's pretty cool. Um, Yeah, he, he... he and I are a lot alike and actually his sister and I are a ton alike because obviously she's like pretty much the girl version of him. Um, and so anyway, uh, so that's pretty cool, but yeah, we don't really have, I did not know. And maybe you told me this before, but it is interesting that Tim mentored you and it took your dad having that conversation Mm -hmm. with you, which you don't really have a close relationship with and and still didn't at the time, I presume Uh that that kind of did it for you. Isn't that interesting how God works or God's good, right? pretty cool. He does all these little crazy things, but yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I didn't really know my dad at all. And he was just like really bold and straightforward with me. But your dad brought you to God <laughs> after Tim. Helped he you was the icing on the cake. <laughs> yes. So that's pretty cool. But no, my dad, he had his own struggles and, um, had not been serving God for a real long time before he had that conversation with me. So I don't know what I it just must've been God. Like 
you know, mm-hmm. God does little yeah. things to bless your heart. Like my dad probably struggles with our relationship, like with the fact that he wasn't there. And mm-hmm. sometimes when I do talk to him, if something comes up where we have a conversation about how kind of things went and how we never had a relationship and I'll say, I don't hold that against you, you know, and he'll say, you're a really mature woman because I think he doesn't understand like how, so he must carry some burden with him about that. But I mean, I think he's a good dad to my brother and to my, um, stepsister. He just, I have another brother that is the same that he wasn't a part of their life either and, uh, or his life either. And so we're kind of like, you know, in that same boat, but yeah, I think he, he carries a burden with them. So I think that was God just doing something sweet in his life too. Something special. Like even though he wasn't there, he got to lead me to a Mm -hmm. place where I would come to repentance and end up serving God. So yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. So, um, back to the bubble of things. Yes. (laughs) So I, uh, You guys are really good at just like, yay, moving on. We've got little kids in the background, but we just, we're so used to it. (laughs) They're doing great. My ADD is all on. Yeah, behind the scenes of my, (laughs) like pointing and going crazy, but you can't hear it. You know, I'm like silent. But if you watch the video, people are probably like, what is wrong? Mom's doing podcasts, so what more do they expect? Yeah, that's okay. Um, So as far as a transformation in my life, I, you know, I had, relationships that weren't godly obviously and I um was really heavy in the party scene I did a lot of drugs like crystal cocaine ecstasy like all the stuff I was in nightclubs all the time had a bad attitude I mean I was so mean I remember one time I had this boyfriend who was over my house and I was in college and I was like working on this thing and I had asked him what do you think about this like I showed him this big board project thing I was working on and he critiqued it because I asked him and I looked at him and I'm like what the do you know I mean I just like went off on him I was like terrible like I had a bad attitude cuss word every other word probably where you grew up you had to be tough though I imagine oh yeah like you there was not a day you didn't walk down the hall wondering if somebody was gonna rip your hair out or punch you in the back of the head like it was a rough rough area I didn't even know that was weird until I got older (laughs) I remember one of my first friends that didn't live in the town that I grew up in her name her name's Jamie. I loved her. She ended up passing away, but, um, Aww. I would hang out with her and just kind of see her life and like the stuff she'd talk about. I'm like, how bizarre. This is very <laughs> different. Yeah. It was like real weird. Um, so anyway, but I think the combination of like where God has taken me and like where I was from, people find me really interesting, but yeah. So, uh, back to the relationship with the, the whole, uh, Jesus, my buddy. Um, <laughs> We, uh, we, me and him hung out a lot. No, I, um, I got mentored by we Pastor met at Tim. This party. <laughs> we met in my party world. You know, my dad pulled me out. No, um, so, uh, I had called Pastor Tim and was just like, hey, I'm a Christian now. So he, you know, took the time and <laughs> did you say it like that? Yeah, I'm like, it. hey, you know, I'm a Christian. Like, would you like to, like, you know, give six years of your life to me? <laughs> Every single day. No, I, um, I just, he just started mentoring me. It was just a God thing. Like nobody was like, Hey, do you want to sign up for mentoring? Sure. I will. Like it just ended up happening. I think he just saw that I was really broken. I think he just had a heart for me over that. And then like knowing me through, he knew what happened. He was like the officiator of my sister's funeral. Like he knew the family that I was from and stuff like that. So, um, he probably just, you know, had compassion for me and would just always answer the phone when I called. (laughs) So I, um, I would call him and he would just tell me, 
he would tell me who I was and always refer to scripture, you know, like, oh, this is what the Bible says about this. And I would always obsess over what was wrong with me all the time. And he always told me what was right about me because of Jesus, which was like really amazing. Um, so yeah, six years of, yeah, six years of being mentored by him. And then, um, I still have a relationship with him to this day, like where I call him and like, he'll give me advice and stuff like that. But, um, that was like hardcore, training for like six years and it literally was I'm not even exaggerating like almost every single day I would call him because there was always something that I would figure out that was wrong with me or something (laughs) like how do well I went from like what's wrong with me to like how do I handle this correctly so there was like a maturing I actually have a diary that goes from my party years and all my boyfriends and drug abuse and stuff like that and it goes through my salvation well I was already saved but you know what I mean like actually working out my salvation on sanctification yes on to um uh like full restoration and like all the weird stuff you think in the beginning you know like all that's in there too it's pretty interesting yeah didn't you say like um you went from like the party scene to like reading your bible like every night day and night weren't you like crazy into it for a period of time oh yeah so um pastor tim would tell me to read um one chapter from proverbs and then read the new testament um to help keep me on track and to do it every day so i didn't have a tv and stuff like i just would go home and like read every single night so that's what i did and then um i would get cassette tapes from him or um, discs and I would listen to them over and over and over and memorize scripture that way and and get gain the point of view because like if you just listen to a message one time you're getting almost nothing from it Mm -hmm. like there's no way so to listen to it over and over again you really start to comprehend and like take in like what's being said so that's how I have so much scripture actually sort of in my heart is just because when he taught he taught scripture it was scripture scripture this scripture it says this scripture it says this scripture with an explanation between and so all those scripture references that he had just kept storing up inside me so I didn't really do I did some of the card writing and like walking around trying to memorize but most of it was just from I'm like a spatula learner so most of it was from hearing what he had to say do you remember what it felt like the transformation so I guess if there's somebody listening out there that well they've never tasted and seen how it's so good or whatever do you remember the difference between the before and the after the new you oh my gosh yeah like it was such a transformation um I just viewed life absolutely completely differently. And so I remember a specific time I was driving down the road. This is pretty early in my walk and I was on the way to my mom's house. I can see it like right now, clear as day. And, um, I was like, wow, God, thank you. My, my life is literally no different, but everything has changed because my perception of my life Mm -hmm. had shifted. Mm -hmm. So, and it was just knowing what the Bible says about me, you know, like learning and believing it, not just like reading it and then saying, Oh, well, that's a cute story. Mm -hmm. But like actually saying like, Oh, this is true for me. And I think the reason it was like incredibly impactful for me is because I didn't know a father's love at all. And so when I realized this truth about me and this love of this father, it like blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow, really floored by who God was and his faithfulness. Um, And so I just really clung to it. So that's where my nerdiness comes from, Nikki. (laughs) Well, I know you, anyone who knows you, you can just like spit scriptures or just the way you talk about God and all of that. It is like deep. I feel like you have an anointing with that. You're just special, a super special gift on that. So But, you know, like you said, you've spent years, you know, Mm -hmm. listening to it and you still, do you still listen? Like, what do you do now? 
Um, yeah, I still read my Bible in the mornings I get up. You know, everybody goes through rut sometimes and don't be condemned over that. Like I can be on a spree for years where I've consistently read the Bible almost every single morning. Um, and then I can go through a little blurb where I'm like, what just happened? Oh, hold on. I'm getting distracted in my Bible time. I'm actually in one of those right now. I'm like, I've sat in the same chair in the same spot in my house for like the last four years that I've lived there having Bible time in the morning. And last year I was so busy with rehabbing a house that my schedule was more hectic and I had more that I had to do. So I'd throw in laundry in the morning and try to wake up real quick. So I'm like scrolling on Facebook more so. And I'm like, oh, I'm ruining my habit of spending time with God in this place. And I'm filling it with something else. I'm like, God, help me to get back to that. Mm-hmm. I think that's really normal. I'm not excusing yeah. it and We've not over my life. Yeah, but yeah. I'm like trying to break myself back because I was like the same, like so good consistently every single morning. First thing I did, didn't look at my mm-hmm. phone. And it's the exact same thing like we got busy with like all of this and like my morning routine was just different and same thing so it's like okay but I think it's it's good to like just the faster you can recognize it and then get yourself back on Mm -hmm. track that's what really God wants it does he doesn't want you to be all oh my gosh I'm so like woe is me and like feeling Mm -hmm. terrible it's just like okay let's Get back on track, girl. Yeah, I heard Bill Johnson say something that really set me free the other day. He said, um, spending time in focused prayer is really cool, um, but that's more of like the icing on your cake. But the meat of your day is talking to God throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And that's how I handle my relationship with God. I have, he's there all the time and I'm, I don't want to ignore him. Sometimes there's days that are so chaotic and stuff. I'm like, dang, Jesus, I didn't even talk to you today. I'm sorry. But like, he's there all day and that's what he wants. Jesus didn't die for your religion. He died for your relationship. He died so he could be your friend. And that might sound bizarre to people, but that's true. Like if you dig through the Bible and you're looking for his heart, that's what you'll see. Like if you're looking for a confirmation or affirmation of your religion, you can filter through that and pick out the pieces that match what you think and shuffle the ones away that you don't agree with. But if you look for his heart, you find him. Uh, one of my kiddos is like seeking the Lord on her own. And she was like uh, reading the Bible and stuff. And um, she can get stuck in kind of black and white situations. And so she was asking me a question the other day. And I said, you know, don't make it a, I'm sitting down to um, gather information. You're not an information gatherer. If you get information, cool. What you're searching for is the heart of God. So when you're reading your Bible, don't look for how many times did Timothy say this? And like, where is that repeated in scripture? Like, that's cool. But the heart of it is to say, God, through this story, like, why did you do that? Like, that doesn't make any sense to my mind. Like, there's stories that you're reading there that are wild. And you're like, God, you're a loving God. This doesn't make sense to me. Like, what were you doing here? And that's okay to ask him those questions. That's what he wants is your heart. The Bible says um, that we need to worship him in spirit and in truth. So he wants to come to us. He wants us to come to him honestly. Like, he loved David. David was an emotional person who was all over the place and he um did a lot of bad things i mean he committed adultery and then he you know got her pregnant and then murdered her husband and um you know god called him the man after his own heart like does god say murder is okay no but david was like so honest and raw with god so that's what god wants he wants us to just really come before him and honestly if we're frustrated then we're frustrated um i heard someone say to like don't go before god and just like complain and like walk away go before god honestly and leave it at his feet like walk away changed and if not all you're doing is complaining you're not actually giving it to him and i thought that was like super good that's so really good. 
Um, something else, do you mind if I sh- share like oh, a little thing I was thinking about? So with talking about how I was mentored, um, the other day I had a situation where I ended up talking to some young adults in our church and I realized that there is a huge deficit in children or not children, but young adults being discipled. So if you're a person who has any level of growth in your life, it is like of the highest importance to find people to purposefully develop relationships with to help mentor them. We've got a lot of Christians walking around right now, and I'm not saying this judgmentally because I know that I don't have it in all areas. I'd be like laying hands on people raising the dead, you know, (laughs) but, um, but I think that we have a lot of weakness in the church because we have a lot of people who are saved and they don't know anything else. And these people are people who are like going to church weekly and they're committed and they want to know Jesus, but they have no guidance whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So we need to make it our duty and responsibility to seek out people who need to be trained and to help them in whatever way we can. That's like, it's a big deal right now. Like there, there's a deficit in the body of Christ. We should be looking different than what we are to be trained or just to share the good news, both, right? I feel like we very much lack in both of those areas. Yeah, well, and God has a way of drawing people to him, which is great. Like, you know, everybody has their role. But what we have right now is a huge deficit of people walking around that they're saved, so there's a change because a touch of Jesus will change you. But there isn't this major transformation. When the Bible says um, that we can have peace, that we can have joy, that we can walk in this really incredible level of love, that we can have wisdom and all these things, um, you know, he wasn't joking. So if we're not seeing the fruit of that in our lives, there's something that we're missing. We're not hitting it. And and that's happening majorly. People need to be trained. Yeah. I see. I feel like at our youth, it's like the opposite. Like, like there's so, like we have the, the discipleship program and then they do it into the youth and it is beautiful because I feel like this youth like this generation of youth are on fire for God Mm -hmm. and then they're going and leading Bible studies on their own and like I just I feel like we have to like that's why um I am so like my heart is so called to the youth because I feel like right now God is doing something in this next generation and they Mm -hmm. have like this understanding for love and compassion like never before. Um, And but I think you're right. They just need people to help them, you know, get there. And Mm -hmm. um, but I see it. I see God working in the youth, especially like I see youth going out and like doing their own Bible studies. We had some boys here and they were just praying, um, doing a Bible study on their own, praying Mm -hmm. over each other in a circle. And then they were um, doing their own worship and they were making each boy like switch our young man switch out. And then they pray over him and like speak life into him. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, my heart, Lord. Like it just had me like crying. That's really good. So beautiful. I think that each generation, I don't mean this to sound like too whatever, but I think that each generation has uh, some sort of view of God that he reveals them. Like, and, and it's mm-hmm. biblical. If you look through the Bible, um, there was different people that God revealed himself. He says, I am, you know, El Shaddai or mm-hmm. I am whatever. Like he gives himself a name because he just showed them that he was that. Mm-hmm. And so I think the different generations reveal that. And what I see right now for those who are being trained, which there's a huge deficit, but those that are, um, I see this acceptance. So, so the enemy is a, um, he, what do you call it? He duplicates things. So mm-hmm. it's like a, it's a fake version. He can't of what, create, he perverts. Yeah. So he's, he, 
so right now there's a lot of acceptance in ways that the Bible doesn't say is good. Um, but God's intention is that their heart for acceptance is more relational and works with him. Mm -hmm. So what I see, there's this young woman, Deanna Lore, she's a teacher. Um, she's not, I think she's like 30, right around that 30 mark, just gave her heart to the Lord like two years ago, but her testimony and teaching is, it knocks my socks off. When I listen to her, I'm just like, this is insane that she has this level of knowledge, like in a couple of years. And her, the difference is she's not made a religion out of it. She is just at the feet of Jesus and she will tell him exactly what she thinks. And she shares her thoughts and then what she feels like he responds to her with. And it's like amazing. So I definitely see that in this younger generation. I think that's what is on them is revealing like the actual heart of God. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still a huge, huge deficit in kids being trained. I, I, I'm like mind blown by the, the need. So, yeah. Is mm-hmm. there anything else you could add on to it of like, why, why choose God or say your life, you just keep getting pounded and you don't believe in all, I don't know. Like what else could we say to like break through? To, I think that you just have to know that God has a purpose for your life. So we don't just walk in that naturally. Um, we have to seek him. He says, seek me, you'll find me. You seek me with all of your heart. So mm-hmm. we have to seek God and then listen to what he says. And as we do that, that plan that he has unfolds and God's so awesome and so creative that like, if we make a mistake, it's not like, well, that plans out. Sorry for you. Like he's infinite. Like he has all these plans. So I'm not saying we should abuse that and be like, Oh, who cares? I'll do what I want because one day God has a plan. Then I'll walk in it. We shouldn't do that. That's kind of what I did actually. It's like, I'm not ready to serve God now. <laughs> well, there's grace. <laughs> should not do that. But, um, at the same time, um, it's, it's never hopeless with him. He like has a way in store and he, he wants to share that more than we do. I had this beautiful thing that happened to me the other day. I am really honest. So I'll just tell you guys that I'm very open. Um, I am struggling right now with the financial aspect of my life. And it's because I think because we've had a lot of ebbs and flows in our finances. Um, and, um, I think that the last one we had with investing in real estate, um, I didn't hold my heart right before God. I'm not condemning myself. I'm just being really honest because it, it hit me in a way that makes it where I'm not as giving as I was before. Um, so I'm like, okay, like I need to, like, I need that. I need help with that. God, like show me. And I was like, God, I'm so sorry that I didn't hold my heart in the right way. I didn't posture myself before you correctly and trust in you through that process. And I let it, it bruise me, so to say, because if I went from a person who was more giving to someone who's more afraid to give then, and it were comfortable. So like, it's weird. Like I shouldn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. Um, then I know I handled something wrong. So I'm like, you know, God help me. And I feel like he painted this picture for me and showed me like, I'm not mad at you. Like, and I feel like he showed me that, you know how you look at somebody who's like homeless or really broken or like strung out on drugs and they're just so hurting and you can see that. Mm -hmm. And if you could, you would do everything in your power to heal them and fix them up and help them to be on their merry way. And just like, you would love to bless them and see them Mm -hmm. do well and, you know, be pulled out of that position. That's his heart for us. And like every avenue that we struggle in. So any avenue, any arena in our life where we don't see things the way that he does, like the true way, like the the absolute truth with clarity, 
it's just a yearning of his heart to pull us up out of that so that we can see life the way that he does so we can walk in victory. Mm -hmm. And that was so freeing for me because a lot of times when pastors talk about like money, it's like, it's really heavy. And I don't mean that mean, like I work at a church, like I respect pastors and stuff, but it's like, there's like this heaviness to it and you feel like this pressure and that makes you feel condemned, you know, and, and I give and stuff, but it's like, is God really Lord of my finances? And I have to honestly say right now, he's not. And I'm trying to Mm -hmm. learn how to let him be that once again. So it's like, it was beautiful to know, okay, he loves me and his heart is just, I want you to see it the way that I do so I can let you live the life I want you to live to have, you know? I think, I don't know if I can like say what I'm trying to think, but I, I know sometimes um, the enemy gets in between us and then we feel guilty. And I don't think, I don't think God puts that on us, but like you're saying and separately, he just reveals it to us. And I think even if we continue in the sin, but no God, you know, we, we still are saved and all those things, but he's got something better for us. Mm-hmm. You know, if we just choose to fully surrender, there's always something bigger and better for us. So mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if that makes sense at all. Yeah. And there's, I think, so first you're saved, right? You receive Jesus, you believe he's your savior, going to heaven, whatever. And then there's the working out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's not salvation. That word isn't meaning, oh, now work to go to heaven. It is the change of your life, right? So it's actually changing and shaping who you are. And we can say he's Lord and that's cool, but really making him Lord is a process. It's like learning how to surrender all these avenues of your life to him and letting him be in charge. Mm -hmm. And I think he's patient with us and he works with us and he just wants our yes. So like God will present us with things and he'll say, okay, you know, you might get like a check in your heart. Like I call it check in your heart, but it's like a uncomfortable feeling or an urgency to do something. And it's like, that's God. And the yes to him creates a, um, a healing or, mm-hmm. um, it releases blessing into your life or it just does what he wanted to do. So he's got a plan. He tells you, Hey, I'm touching this right here. Are you going to respond? And yes, gives you the power to walk it out. Mm-hmm. Like for example, um, when, when I was not living for the Lord, me and my mom had a really, really terrible relationship. I mean, to the point of where like, this is bad. I told you I was like mean. Um, when my mom would talk to me, sometimes she would get excited and like spit would kind of come out of her mouth. And one time I spit in her face and told her not to spit on me. Yeah. And, um, so it was like really a terrible, disrespectful relationship. And so, um, after I gave my heart to the Lord, I remember I was talking to her on the phone and we couldn't get along. Like it was like, we were okay, but if we disagreed on anything, we could never go back to that thing and talk about it. Cause we'd fight just like we did the first time with like that intensity. And so, um, I was talking to her on the phone and I felt like God said, just get off the phone. And I was like, okay, mom, I'm just going to get off here. And sorry, I responded with a yes. It's like, okay, I'm going to obey. And I did. And then my mom calls me back the next day and she's saying something. She's being like really mean to me. And I was just like, okay, mom, I'm going to get off here. You know, I was just being nice. I didn't yell back at her. I didn't fight with her or nothing. So this went on for like two weeks. Anytime we talk, if we get into like a little tiff or whatever, she started being ugly. I'd just be like, okay, mom, I'm going to get off here. So literally after two weeks, my, I hung up the phone. Okay, mom, get off here. She called me back and she said, Tab, I'm so sorry because I just am so mean to you and rude to you on the phone. And you just say, okay, mom, I'm getting off here. And my yes to God and her yes to God in that moment, I'm not even joking. Boom, completely delivered our relationship. 
our relationship was changed. We didn't even have to like, we didn't have to like work on it. Like it was like our yes to him was an instant restoration. Sometimes God will walk you through a process with your yeses. Um, and sometimes it's like, boom, a delivery and you don't know when that's going to be. But, um, yeah. So what an amazing testimony of like, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So just obey. And I have one final question for Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Um, I think, I think this happens to people and it's like cleaning your house. That's just like way too far gone. Like I'm way too far gone in my sin and my guilt and all these Mm -hmm. things that I do and who I am and who I hang out with. Can people come to Jesus and not have the drastic change like you did overnight? Because I imagine that is a blockade, you know, from them even maybe choosing him sometimes. Do you have to change before you find him or does he change you? Yeah. So religion says get right and then get God. But Jesus says you were never going to make it. I got you. And so it's go to church no matter if you're drunk, go drunk. Mm-hmm. I'm joking. If you're struggling with sexual immorality, mm-hmm. go like that. If you're a prostitute, he already knows. Mm-hmm. Like look at the look at the stories in the Bible and the people that he dealt with. Like he would go dine with people that were like, you know, tax collectors, which were like disgusting to mm-hmm. the, you know, the religious people. And they'd be like, Why do you dine with those people? You know, and he's like, I came to call the sinners, not the ones who are clean. And he wasn't actually calling them clean. He was just like, You think you are yeah. kind of deal. Um, so you know, the Bible says that if, if, let me remember the scripture, I don't know if I'm able to pull it up right now, but essentially what it, the scripture is talking about is saying that anything short of perfection and God, like absolutely everything that he wants to happen is sin. Ooh, that's a burden. Like that's yeah. so heavy. So like, do you raise the dead like Jesus? Mm-mm, I haven't done that. I've never raised the dead. Are we constantly laying hands on people and seeing them healed? Are we out doing all the wonderful works? Jesus said what? He said, greater works will you do than what I'm doing. Well, part of that is salvation. Like we're going out and offering salvation to people because at that point he hadn't yet died. So part of that's what he's talking about. But like, I haven't been doing works like Jesus. So mm-hmm. think about how much we're actually sinning and not walking in the fullness of God. And you might say, oh, that's just too much. No, like that's Bible, like read it. Mm-hmm. So God has all these things that's like in his heart and we're constantly missing it. We don't hit the mark, but like, that's why Jesus came. Like if we could have done it, then he wouldn't have needed to come. If, if just making yourself beautiful was good enough, the Pharisees did that. Jesus told me, he was like, you've got the outside of your cup all washed, but the inside of it's really dirty. You know, he said, go clean the inside of your cup. Mm-hmm. So, um, so God just wants you, he wants your heart and he wants you to dedicate yourself to him as, as you pursue him, he cleans you up. Good. I could get on so many soapboxes. <laughs> we always said, God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. Like that was, yeah. That's yeah. That's like cute. Yours, but a little different. Yeah. That's cute. And it's real. Like he just wants you to come talk to him. I remember somebody was praying for me. Jesus used the Mormons. They prayed for me. <laughs> uh, I went to a Mormon church with my aunt and they were like, we need to pray for this girl. <laughs> They're like, can we take you in the other room and pray? And I was like, oh, sure. It's going to uh, be a while. <laughs> so I went in the other room and they started praying for me and they looked at me and they just said, just start talking to God. And I was like, okay. So I remember I went to my aunt's house. I was living with her at the time. And I laid down in bed and I was like, well, this feels crazy, but okay. So I just started talking to God and, uh, it felt off. It felt weird. And all of those things and like, is there, who am I actually talking to up there? Is he hearing me? Like I had no clue about him. Um, that was the beginning of like this really 
great relationship and that's what he wants. You know, he just, he just wants you. If you think about you being a parent or if you don't have kids, like people really close to you that you like really adore, um, all you want is just to be with them and hang out with them and get to know them and have this really loving, respectful relationship. And that's what God wants. He just wants this really loving and respectful relationship. Mm -hmm. And so the steps to get there, if you don't mind, is we need to read our Bible, but we also need the Holy Spirit to guide us. And as we read and respond to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, and just spend time with Jesus. Again, not seeking just knowledge. We're reading the Bible to get his heart. That stuff's going to grow. He says, um, not just the seek me, you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. But he talks about how um, if we seek first the kingdom of heaven, all these things will be added unto us. So we seek his heart and put him and his kingdom first. And he's going to add to us all these things, all the healing, all the restoration, all the opportunities, all of the whatever situations he has. Right. Um, and you're not going to do it perfect. You're going to like suck at it all the time. <laughs> so, but it's just, he doesn't care. It's like, he's like, no, I just want to hang out with you. There's a place that I've gotten to that I want to share too, which is really cool. I'm not boasting myself. It's, it's like a gift from God. When I pray, instead of just saying a bunch of nonsense into, you know, the air, um, I felt like about two years ago, God was like, uh, do you really mean like what you're saying to me? Or are you just like saying stuff? And I was like, oh, shoot, why am I just saying, um, in Jesus, we would just like to bless this food and give it, you know, let it nourish our bodies. It's like, what, what are you actually doing though? I want you to think about that. You know, like, what are you actually saying to me? This is a real conversation. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Like I did have real conversations with God, but he was really like trying to pinpoint that. Um, so recently when I pray, uh, it's like a different level to where I can close my eyes and I can sense the heart of God and like exactly who he is. And I'm able to pray in faith out of that place. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I can just be like, you know, focused on and be like, oh, there he is. That's his heart. That's who he is. Like just a, an understanding of what he's like and just having a conversation. And it is like so mind blowing and good. I'm just like, I could just sit in this place forever. Mm-hmm. Like that's what heaven's going to be like, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's a lot of all these ramblings, but, um, but yeah, just spending time with them. You're never too dirty. He just wants to clean you up. His heart's not mad at you. He's broken over your brokenness and he just wants to pull you up out of it and has the ability to absolutely completely restore your life. So the, the beginning to the end is quick overview because I feel like I've been kind of all over the place is I was a broken little girl who grew up in poverty, who was mistreated, you know, dealing with things that weren't good molestation and stuff like that. Um, didn't know anything, got into drugs, um, met Jesus through somebody who actually loved God and and knew his heart and, um, ended up being restored. Um, a person of joy, a person of love, a person of acceptance, a person of, you know, just, um, what the Bible declares. Good wife and mother. Thank you. And a great friend. Thank you. I appreciate that. Great fruit from all of that. Thank you. And God's blessed my life. Like I was a little poor trailer girl and now my husband's a lawyer. Hey, bada bing. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's just the, that's just the path he had for me. (laughs) She's like, I was too straight for too long. Here it is. (laughs) (laughs) No, God's good though. Like, yeah, it just shows his restoration. Love it. Okay. But the most important question, what are you having for dinner? Girl, you know, I don't plan nothing. (laughs) I'm having tacos. 
I got Biggie, no clue. What are you having? Uh, Leftover chili. <laughs> yes, I, I do know. Oh, that was no, rude. Um, Lord, forgive her. I'll do it for you. In case you forget tonight with your nightly <laughs> prayers. <laughs> chili leftover that my husband made. Yep. There you go. We're not being at nothing planned. I'll go home and be like, oh, man, what am I going to make? <laughs> You would think I would change that, but I haven't learned my lesson. I do this. This is nightly for me. You like to wing it. As long as you have a clean house, you don't care about anything else. Yeah. That's all that matters in life. Yeah, that's it. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'll pray that you figure out your dinner tonight. Thanks. It's probably going to be like burgers on the way home. I don't know. It's great. Just pray over it. Lord, let this nourish our body. Lord, let this um, be like a salad. I'm never going to be able to pray that too. prayer again. I'm going to have to think of like big words. And I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your heart. And like, sure. I love hearing your, like your story is amazing. And I didn't even, I, this is the first time I'm hearing it too. So, um, so beautiful. And we just appreciate you. And you're going to have to come back and do a mommy podcast. Thank you oh, again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pay or others. Okay. However, whatever. You just let us know when you want to come on. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> See you next time, mamas. My voice cracked. Wowzers. I didn't even see you guys. Thanks for listening to another Align Mama podcast. We hope you found value in today's topic. For more mama resources, go to alignedmamas.com, follow us on social, and join our Aligned Mamas community Facebook group to connect with other moms just like you. We'd like to hear from you. Have a podcast topic? Want to get in touch with us? Want to share your story as a guest? Email us at alignedmamas at gmail.com. See you next time. I can see through my feelings now. I can see clear through my mind. And the secrets to shut my eyes.